0: Anyways, we're here, my co host Yeah, I'm myself pumped,
1: pumped to be here, man. Uh I'm glad you came to me with this concept and uh I mean we're always talking and nerding out about DJ stuff anyway, so why not, you know, record it and maybe throw it out there and uh you know share share our nerd nerdisms with the world.
0: Absolutely, man. That's what we're here to do, totally nerd out. Um I got inspiration from listening to these awesome podcasts, one app. Stretch and Bob, all these guys, um, they're doing some cool stuff, and I thought there was an opportunity to nerd out for our fellow DJs, DJ enthusiasts, someone who's trying to get into the game, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk all things DJing, talk about other shit, we're just going to go all over the map here. Yes, sir. So yeah, let me tell you about my boy Diggy here. He's a Toronto staple, he's a legend, you can find him around the city. At all the cool spots. Where are, you, where are you at? You're at the Drake. You're Where else? Everywhere. Yeah, right
1: now I'm doing uh, the Drake uh, once a month, doing parts and labor uh, once a month. Um, I got Belfast Love on the go. Um, you know, I'm around. I got my baby Huey uh, Industry Monday party, which always gets pretty sloppy.
0: Yeah, we're a couple days after the party, and I think uh, Diggy's feeling it a bit still. Still feeling it. Feeling a bit slow. Pretty wild. I'm sluggish a bit today. We, we got our technical issues sorted out, so we're just trying to figure this shit out for y'all and uh, see where it goes. Hopefully, you like it. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Yeah, man. And about me, I'm just uh, I'm just a nerd, man. Ricky, aka DJ Bill Cool aka Mr. Real Estate during the day. You know I gotta throw the plug in for that shit. That's it. Um, Yeah I'm just a rap and DJ nerd man. I just uh, love to talk about this stuff so might as well share with all of you. I know a lot of you guys listening chat with us uh, on a regular basis around the scene and yeah we're just gonna try to have some fun here. So for our first episode Diggy's the co-host always but he's gonna be this interviewee today. I'm gonna be the interviewer and then and I'm coming. I'm, up, I'm a bit nervous, man. I are you? Yeah, know. yeah go, I'm a bit nervous too, me. man. Like I'm sitting here looking at you. Oh shit! We <laughs> static. <that? laughs> yeah, static. we, we got to sort out that static issue. But um, yeah, man, we're we're gonna do it, and we're gonna have some fun. And yeah, let's uh, let's tell the people kind of how we got here, a little bit of our story. I think how we met was kind of cool because about a, t- two years ago or something like that, it was at uh, Bastards Barbecue after party. Um, where was that at again, Velvet? Yeah, it was at
1: Velvet. So I I had heard about you. You you were kind of you know a little bit of a big deal in the East End.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I felt really special <laughs> because we're outside um, we're outside and I was just um, all amped up of after an awesome barbecue. Shout outs to Bastards Barbecue, great party every year. And saw Diggy out there, and I would just introduced myself and was just gonna geek out about um, the show. And I'm like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Dave." Like what's your name, Ricky? And then
1: Yeah, I had heard we have a mutual friend uh in the real estate game who uh who mentioned you and was surprised I didn't know you and yeah, it came to be we met out front and uh you actually I think that night you introduced me to Sweet Touch, uh showed out uh Ricochet and Therapy. And they actually became my first, uh, guest at the, the get good series that I do at the Drake, uh, underground. Oh, they were your Once first guest. They were the first guest cause I had been doing the Drake for a while, but, um, I had never really branded it or brought in guests. And then, uh, I decided that that was what I was going to do and titled it get good and just wanted to kind of bring in dope DJs from around the city and around the country. And, uh. And you know, do it that way. So they were actually my first guests and I met them through you that night. So oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah,
0: I've known those guys for quite some time. Therapy and I went to uh college together for computer programming and we just you know, mutual love for music and just bumping in each other and keeping in touch and uh yeah, shout outs to those guys. Shout outs to Ricochet too. I just saw on Rascass's Instagram that he did some cuts for his latest track. Did don't, you notice that? Don't. No,
1: I didn't didn't catch that. Those guys those guys kill it. Uh, it's really dope like the the Toronto scene is so uh you know tight knit and you kind of just like you just meet meet someone at a at a party like bastard's barbecue, and then like you know you just you bond over the love of music and then you just connect and start doing gigs together and, and whatever and it's a beautiful thing
0: yeah man it's dope I'm always impressed with how how dope Toronto is in terms of talent. I mean we got the New Toronto now with all the rappers, producers, and stuff but Always, this has been a DJ city, so I thought like, yo, I got enough people in this city that we could fill up a few seasons of episodes. We're going to try to bring some other guests from around the way as well, but just within Toronto, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's super dope, like going back to, you know, just to drop some names, like going back to like the, you know, Little Jazzes and and the Grouches, Turnstiles Crew, and then like right on up to, you know, like Bastid and... And head spins here now, and you know it's just like so much talent around the city, and uh, and it's and it's a dope thing, man, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think people from, especially Canadian DJs, you know, they do their thing whether they're Montreal, Vancouver, like East Coast. Um, they end up, you know, when they get really serious and they know they want to do this, you know, as a career or as their thing, they, they they do come to Toronto. And yo, no disrespect for the rest of the country, don't hate on us, but yo, <laughs> Toronto's where it's at.
1: There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's, uh, you know, bigger population than, than most places in the country and like lots of venues, lots of, uh, you know, different flavors, um, different style venues size-wise and, and genre-wise. So there's a lot of opportunity to get out and, and rock it.
0: Yeah, man, I find myself every week just, you know, there's something going on. There's a dope DJ going on, and my mind continuously gets blown, so fuck. I love this shit.
1: Yeah, I can't look at Instagram anymore because I keep seeing all these dope parties, but I can't hit them up because I'm, I'm working most of the time, so.
0: Yeah, I, I had a little FOMO the other day. I was um, I just climbed into bed just for an early night, and I go on Instagram, and I knew I shouldn't have, and I found out that, DJ Manuel was in the city with Farsight. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like, I did wow.
1: see that actually. I had a homie hit me up and was trying to get me out, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I was, but yeah, that was there was like no promotion for that show. No, that was it just super showed up. Weird. Hard luck. Hard luck bar.
0: And then apparently, like he, you know, he posted he was here for a week and a half, and I'm like, I didn't even know this. Like I've been watching that guy's vids lately. Like he puts on that head cam and the stuff that he does with. All the echoes the, and the, the tone the plays, yeah. Crazy. The loop
1: features and, the, uh, and his beat juggling and his cuts are just insane. DJ Manuel, if you don't know him, yeah, check him out.
0: Look him up. Was he, was he in Red Bull or DMC? I think he was a
1: DMC guy originally. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's done Red Bull, um, yeah, but, but he's, he's super technical. Yeah,
0: he's been around for a minute, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I just kind of been hearing about him recently because he's just kind of, I guess, up, up to his or Instagram game, putting a lot of videos out there, and I think. A lot of guys are learning some new techniques and especially some of the stuff you could do with some of the newer hardware. I think you use the S9, right? And yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think, well, I see one sitting right over there. So yeah, it's like uh, the S9 kind of kind of seemed to change the game uh, when it was released. I don't know how long ago do you think that was, like a y- two years?
0: Yeah, a year Maybe. and a half, two, year a half, two I years. years. I mean, I was hearing a little bit of hype about it for a long time, like Scratch was telling me, yo... Jazzy Jeff is helping design this mixer. I think that was
1: the first. The first I heard about it was through uh, Jazzy Jeff's uh, Instagram or something. But yeah, it's uh, it's changed the game, man. Do you like it?
0: Oh, I love it. I mean, I'm I'm a gear sled. I'm more of a casual DJ. I'm not out there gigging like the rest of you guys. But um, I I just had to have it. Once I I played around with it, felt those buttons. I mean, before I was. I had the rain, and then I had the the machine hooked up and mapped out, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. was always like touch and go when you plug it in. Like, yeah, never no, talk. it's nice to
1: just kind of have everything there at your fingertips in yeah. one, you know, solid device. Yeah, it's super dope
0: for sure. So yo, DS9. let's 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 talk about you, man. You're you're the subject of the interview this time. So yo, let's just go with the basics, man. Like, how'd you get into DJing?
1: Um, so yeah, kind of just you know happened organically, like um back in the day probably you know i was probably like 13 14 like super young um hip-hop was still relatively underground it wasn't kind of how it is today you don't you you didn't see it in commercials and stuff and i just kind of fell in love with the whole culture the thing Uh, a friend of mine had had turntables i think they were like new marks or like gemini's or something you know and like maybe like a Gemini scratch master mixer or something
0: every 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 good dj i know started on some shit equipment especially shit turntables whether you know most people didn't even have direct drive they were belt drive was, They were balancing yeah it with was books there, there were some
1: dark days back then like i remember like uh this mixer was like a realistic mixer I oh yeah remember.
0: that was like the, that was almost like the bootleg gemini version. it was, it was right? like you
1: needed like two hands to like move the crossfader across it was like it was pretty wild but yeah i just remember kind of like falling in love with it right from the get-go um just kind of spinning records uh with uh, with him andrew kodowick shout outs to andrew kodowick he was like the first guy i think that out of our crew who had uh, a set of decks and a mixer and we just kind of vibed out we'd all kind of throw in and just grab records and and kind of went from there
0: so you're a toronto guy right born and bred
1: born and bred man East End of Toronto.
0: East End. Shout-outs to East End. I'm a Scarborough guy. You're a Beaches dude, right? Beaches, Beaches, baby. I live in the Beaches now. I'm a little bougie. (laughs) Bougie.
1: Bad and bougie.
0: Bad and bougie. So, 13 years old, you got... Yeah, kind of,
1: like, I just, like, I I just fell in love with hip-hop. I don't know what it was. Like, some of the early tapes, like, I kind of remember having, like... Um, you know, onyx like back the fuck up and like just like there was something just like about the energy of the music and like the beats i was drawn in by the beats for sure and then like the lyrical content like i remember um you know the naughty by nature tape i think it was self-titled and like even like some of those like throwback like uh compilation tapes like rap tracks too
0: and, you know it had like slick rick and like different stuff on it so, at you, so at that point it was still cassettes. eh? We're, we're,
1: uh, yeah, I was grabbing cassettes. I mean, we'd we'd grab vinyl here and there. I didn't grab uh, my first set of turntables till high school. Uh, I was grade nine or ten, and I grabbed uh, my first set
0: of Tech Twelves. Um, right, right to the tw- Tech Twelves in grade nine, ten. Did it, man. But you got it, I, I guess, it. right? Yeah, if you know, know. you're gonna like, do it,
1: I just saved up and just did it, man. Yeah, like, you, and- know, you might as well.
0: Are you still using those same ones? Because those things are beat sir did you nah, switch it? No, you out? know
1: what? Like, I don't know what happened to those ones over the years because they were, it was a silver set. And I love, I love the vintage silver set. My, my set I have now is black. Um, but uh, yeah, I grabbed uh, my first set. And set them up in my parents' basement, and just like you know, didn't leave the basement for a while. Me and my brother, uh, he's he's a bit older than me. He he was in love with it too, and we just we just vibe out for
0: hours. Yeah, yeah. I heard from mutual friends that your bro DJ'd as well. So did he? Did he do it before you? Did he kind of get you into? it Was it your boy?
1: Um, yeah, it was kind of like simultaneous. You know what I mean? He was always like a lover of hip hop too, and like he'd kind of put me onto some stuff, you know, because like the older older dudes always knew knew what was up um so knowledge that that old man knowledge Old man knowledge um and yeah so like we we kind of just did it together we did everything together we're only two years apart and uh yeah so we kind of got into it together and uh and just you know did it for a while at home just in the basement and then kind of like little house parties here and there and then uh we started doing clubs we just um we didn't like approach Clubs and say, yo, let me DJ your night. We just kind of, like, promoted our own parties, you know. 16 years old, like, all-ages jams. Nice. So yeah. just, find, find a venue, charge, like, a $5 cover, and just, like, take the door. And, like, that was it. Like, I remember some crazy venues, uh, like, this venue called Magic. I don't know. Magic. I yeah. don't recall it's that part of, we Yeah, were. it was, uh, like, Dundas and McCall. Uh, it's part of OCAD oh, now. Ed, but, yeah, it's just, like, crazy, crazy, like, little little grimy venues um me and my boy karen he would he would help with the promotions and stuff and we just you know when you're young like you're hanging out with everyone like everyone's kind of like your friends so we we could just manage to bring out like 100 200 people like easily
0: and we're lucky we're an inclusive city right like it's not like so segregated your crew was probably like everybody every type of person right? yeah
1: man it was just like about like getting together playing music like mostly hip-hop back then some r&b some reggae you know so,
0: so you were lugging guys. obviously your shit around we your were gear lugging crates, first of yeah. all we but the gear y- y- y'all cats don't know the struggle about lugging <laughs> gear around right now you just got to take around a hard drive and two control vinyls <laughs> maybe a couple spare needles here and there and you're good to go but yeah, fuck that shit was heavy it's eh? wild
1: man like the crates like we you know you'd lug like four or five crates to a gig and uh, you know your DAX or whatever, and your mixer, and yeah, it was it was. So it someone was, would have
0: to have a ride at that young age, bring yeah, you know? like or
1: yeah, we'd you know we'd we'd grab rides from you know whoever someone's parents or whatever, and like or someone's older brother, you know what I mean, or like hop in a cab, and like all the homies would just kind of like
0: take a crate take hurt. a crate yeah, man yeah, everyone yeah, takes yeah. a crate you don't gotta pay yeah. five bucks man. and like, you know what like i remember back in the day too man if i was even holding uh one of my boys who was a better dj or doing something like walking in with a crate you're still like i made it like i'm cool i'm a little bit cool even though i ain't doing shit
1: so funny man so funny yeah it was uh it was a different time man it was it was cool i spent a lot of a lot of time down, I played a record and, and uh, tracks. Tracks. I was just about to mention it. There. You took tracks. it out.
0: You know, you can't sleep on tracks. They kind of went more, you know, they were more catered to the kind of electronic DJs and stuff. But, you know, you, you had to. It's part and parcel. You go down the street first to Play D. Yeah. Then you walk your ass up yeah. to tracks. That get a slice it, of Big Slice was, pizza. What is it? <laughs> Big Slice. That
1: was it, man. I think, uh, yeah, it Was I think every Thursday, the new records came out. So I was down there religiously every thursday grabbing the new you know whatever it was the new new yeah do you remember
0: any of those early records some of the first records you bought oh man like you know i was grabbing like not
1: deep like Nas, like all that kind of i was like i was predominantly into like the east coast hip-hop well actually that's not really true like i you know the chronic obviously some of those throwback west coast doggy style like those were big records
0: um yeah, I Wu- think everyone Wu-Tang. was into those here, too. But, like, majority, you start off in the East Coast just because of proximity and influence. I think and so, and, you yeah, know, yeah. Rap City and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, some of the early records, like, I remember, like,
0: uh, you know, like, Wu-Tang,
1: 36 Chambers. Like, that was, like, a game-changer. And then, like, kind of, like, on the flip side, these two records, like, I believe came out on the actual same day. Yeah, Tribe, uh, was, right? Midnight Marauders yeah, yeah. and 36 Chambers, which yeah. is wild because they're so, they're, they're yeah. very different albums, but, like, they both kind of shaped like my musical taste like those those albums are crazy
0: those are crazy and two of my favorite albums as well and it's funny when woo first came out 36 chambers like i i I was like kind of perplexed for a bit when i first heard it i'm like it was so different and weird it took me a few listens and my friends encouraging me like no no it's good it's good i'm like i don't know about it
1: yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think Protect Your Neck was, like, maybe the first single that came out. And I was probably, like, young. And, uh, yeah, I just rem- it was just so different. It just it stood out, you know? And, yeah, honestly, it, they, and it was so raw. that, that So raw. The so beats raw. and the lyrics and the amount of people in the crew. Like, it was, like, you know, it was oh, a yeah. thing. And, like, the whole, you know, the whole branding with the kind of, like, Asian, like, kung fu skits and whatever yeah that was crazy so yeah those are some of the the early records that i that i remember
0: yeah i um, i i always remember the first record i bought um because i i kind of got a bit later into i don't know what, what year this is probably 95 96 something like that i and it was actually just a, a local record store in scarborough like one of the small so maybe the guy had like 20 40 records just like kind of on a wall there's no like real digging in that place but like i wasn't in a position to dig anyways but la fleur la Fla eskoska yes yes yes. so yes. i, I think camp. i still probably have that I kicking heavy, around. i was heavy
1: into boot camp uh the and yeah um and to the end the stage and like all those like ogc the storm like all that that boot camp stuff was big in rotation yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, anyways, we're just, we're, like, going off topic, and I think that's how it's going to be, you know, it's a casual podcast, but um, I, I want to actually get, I have questions for you, bro, we, we hang I keep out. keep
1: changing the subject, and, uh, you know.
0: I have questions, man, we hang let's out, go, we chat, go, but, like, yo, know, like, many of you may not know that Diggy was part of a huge group called Down With Webster. Yes, sir. Down With Webster D-dub, so what baby Tell me about Down With Webster
1: Down With Webster um, was a group, uh, Beaches, Toronto-based group um, That did some music Yeah. What would you basically. describe
0: their music as? Like, Is it a hip-hop-y or is it kind of like... It
1: was kind of like a blend um, of everything It was kind of like, you know there was some rapping going on. There was some some hip hop ish beats. There were some rock elements. There were some funk elements. Uh, it was uh, it was a fairly big group, so a lot of people brought different things to the table, and it was just kind of a, a little bit of a mixed pot.
0: Yeah. When did when did you guys start that?
1: Um, well, they had started when they were like super young. Um, and then, So uh, are these school buddies? Yeah, they are. They're actually a bit younger than me, so I kind of like, I knew, I, I had always heard about them. Um, I was friends with uh, the lead singer's sister, because um, she was closer to my age. Friends. And fr- no, just friends, <laughs> just friends. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just kind of like happened organically. Then I, I met Tyler, who was kind of like always the business mind of the band, um, playing poker randomly, like... Um, and then he was just like, yeah, come by the studio and vibe. And this was like before, like there was really any, like the name was out there and stuff. There was like a bit of traction, but it wasn't like, you know, the band was like a so big what, year, thing. Like, what That would have been probably like 2004. Okay. So I, I just
0: jumped in your like timeline here from you like lugging crates lugging crates
1: yeah well yeah is, is well, there
0: anything that happened in between this time is there anything well, noteworthy we should talk about or my, uh, did i not do my research well here? well
1: i'll just mention one thing because it was a huge part of my career as a dj um so after doing like those parties that i kind of mentioned that we would just kind of self-promote and whatever like you know all ages jam 16 to like through 18 kind of Doing those, doing some school dances, you know, um, things like that, and then um, I landed a residency at System Soundbar.
0: Oh, System! Pretty System, pretty legendary. Eh? System
1: Soundbar. Um,
0: I didn't know that. It's always been known more of a electronic It was an elec- It was
1: mostly like a, an electronic club on Fridays and Saturdays, but we uh, we had the Thursday. Okay. So it was a a, a group, uh, another East End group, um, that were kind of more like friends with my brother. They they went by Rhythmic Crew. Okay. I, I don't know if, if you remember the name, but uh, they were kind of always doing their thing and into promoting parties. And uh, they they landed this resi- uh, weekly residency at System Soundbar. Uh, they titled it Super Funk, even though it wasn't a lot of funk. It was pretty much just rap.
0: Yeah, I mean funk connotation back then was probably yeah. like everything was just kind of blended into one right funk nowadays we'd say funk and we're getting really specific yeah everyone's everything was funk everyone's
1: worried about breaking breaking things down into little sub now it's kind of annoying to be honest but uh but yeah so i me and my brother hopped on uh that gig and um that was like a crazy every thursday just packed like they did, like, you can spend Canadian Tire money to get drinks. No. Drinks, yeah, it was nuts. People would walk in with big stacks. Ooh. Uh, that was one of their promotional shticks. That's and then, hilarious.
0: Uh, That's really smart. And, and if anyone's um, not in Canada, Canadian Tire is, like, our Home Depot, and um, they have their own, we already have funny-looking money, and they even have more funny-looking money with some, Weird Scottish guy in like a like ready for the golf course or something. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. And you'd get like a few cents here and there, but you'd stack that, man. And you even as I remember as a young kid, I'd just be like holding on to the stacks, like in my my bedroom, being like, I'm balling, but you know, you could buy drinks with that. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: it was, it was wild. And they had like these crazy flyers that were like that looked like $20 bills, um, but it had all the promotional information on it. And they just like, you know, the promoters would just be out and like throwing stacks of them, like, you know, random places and people would always pick them up and it kind of caught people's eye. Right. Cause it looked like an actual $20 bill. I probably have some of those. Oh yeah. Locked away somewhere. All right. Well, but yeah. I'd we'll anyway.
0: to check. Maybe, maybe you should throw that on, on your Instagram. Yeah. No, I Diggy Diggy the DJ, I think. Right. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my first like club play itch, play itch. Mm-hmm.
0: And that place was a little grimy at times, right? Like, there's, it, there's some it, shit went down there.
1: Yeah, it was grimy, but it was always just, like, a just a banging party, man. Like, week in, week out. Like, you know, I was, like, I was young at the time. I was, like, you know, just, like, legal drinking age, like, kind of thing. Like, 1920, just, like, kind of, like, doing it. And, uh, yeah, it was always, always a good time. And that was kind of my first, like, exposure to, like, oh, I get to play for, like, for money, for money, for one. I yeah, and
0: just also exposure, and just be and exposure, there. and just like how yeah. cool did you feel? I felt pretty cool. Yeah, was your confidence level super high? Most Mackinac of the, most of the time,
1: until my record skipped because uh, we were still oh. rocking vinyl back
0: then. Oh man, oh I I get so <laughs> shook when anything like that happens, man. I like I'm just your like my drops. world my world stops, and I think most people. May may turn their head for a second, but I think we ha- as nerds and DJs and stuff really, you know, make a bigger deal. We're definitely
1: nerds. like definitely our worst critics for sure. We're so, hard on
0: ourselves. So how long did you do that for? Ah, uh, oh man, did that probably
1: for a solid like three years, maybe two, yeah. three years. And were you
0: still in school and stuff? Like that wasn't just what you're doing, working a little job here. Or yeah, I was just
1: kind of working like odd, odds and end jobs. Like I never really. I didn't ever really till much later realize
0: that like, this was going to be like a career. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to ask at this point. You weren't like, this no, is like I, I just thought
1: like, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd do this while I was young, have fun with it and like go to university and like, get like a real job. But yeah, I don't I think anyone did,
0: did. I don't think anyone thought, especially like, in forget about music and DJing aside, but like, especially hip hop rap and stuff. Everyone thought it was a fad. So take that mom and dad.
1: That's it, man. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was crazy. I think even back then, just the mentality, like in general, was was not so like entrepreneurial based like you know what I mean like nowadays I think kids coming up kind of realize that they they're like the master of their own destination and they can you know they can figure things out they don't necessarily have to go like the high school university like job kind of route Mm -hmm. and there's kind of other other avenues you can explore so it's super cool
0: no and it's awesome and I think that's a great thing I mean because no no, you know, no dis to education and stuff, but just to get an education just to do it, and just because this is how everyone else did it before, it's cool to see the mold being broken a bit yeah hundred percent. Um, so were your parents supportive? Speaking of that, like at this point, like when you're doing this little gig, where they like worry, like, hey, yeah, Dave, like, what are you doing? Are you going to be safe out there? I
1: don't think they really fully grasped what was going yeah. on. Like if they came to the venue, they probably would like be like, you know, are yeah. not teaching here anymore. But I
0: guess you were with your brother a lot of the time. Yeah. So you guys were together. So yeah. probably that, uh, you know, minimized the questions than if you were just running. Yeah, and it.
1: it was fine. My parents were always like super supportive of, of everything that we did. Um, I think they, you know, they didn't think it was going to be a career either, right? Mm-hmm. They were just like, yeah, okay, he's DJing, he's having fun, he's making a little bit of money, kind of, and then he'll like do his homework and.
0: And you know, now, 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 like today. So fast forward to today, like your relationship with your parents, like you, you you're a fully an entrepreneur. This is all you do, right? Yep. And your wife is an entrepreneur as well that she's into business. So like, that's very different than what our parents grew up doing that stability and stuff. So like, they must be like pretty proud and be like, okay, you could do different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it took them a while, but I think they're like, Oh yeah. Like he's successful, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's cool. And like the stuff with the band, like that definitely kind of helped them see like where the music could go
0: and like, the things it could do, you know, is that, so we're going to jump back to the band or what does what else happened yeah. after whatever that was kind of it, like uh, more DJing and yeah, just grinding just it like, out kind of thing. Yeah. Just
1: grinding it out, doing parties here and there, like, uh, you know,
0: random venues, like do you think uh, a lot of the dudes, cause you're like, you're very well respected amongst the DJs in the city. Like I know a lot of them, everyone speaks highly of your super nice dude and stuff. Do they, do they know about down with Webster? I think
1: I think a lot of them do. I think a lot of them do.
0: I really didn't know. I I and to be honest, like I've heard about Down with Webster, but I didn't I didn't really know, and I had to do a little bit of research to find out. That was I... like
1: yeah, that was like a huge part of of all of this. Like I was doing music with those guys and touring for like you know ten years or something. was ten years. Well, eh? let's see, like say two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah, like 10 years. You
0: ago. guys you, they had like some major success like um the Ju- Juno nominated a few times. They've had they've won a bunch of Much awards like what? Yeah,
1: some MMVAs, um some Juno noms. Yeah. Do you well, have any hardware or
0: did the other guys take it? Nah, well
1: it was an honor just to be nominated.
0: <laughs> no sorry, I'm not trying to shit. but I mean <laughs> can, you get MM- yeah, can you get a clone? Can you get a clone of that? I don't know where those MMVA
1: awards are, Tyler. Think you have
0: them Ty. I forget what the mm. They're not the MTVs, the Spaceman. What do they look like? They change them like all a, the time. A, like a black, an orb, like a crystal, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah something, something that. like that. But that's dope, man. Like that's that's huge. Like to yeah, be no, Ju- first a- of all, just to be nominated Juno. You know, like you guys were like, we got I mean? to open the Junos one year. Yes, yes, that's that was true. wild. That's crazy. Uh, so we performed at the Junos, and where was that? At um, that was in Toronto, the ACC. Oh shit, yeah. ACC. So that's probably the biggest venue. That must have been a trip, eh? Were yeah, that's scared? probably the
1: big. We did the ACC a couple times uh, with the We Day stuff. I don't know if you're okay, familiar yeah, with yeah. the We Day stuff.
0: Yeah, Car- Cardi and all Cardi, those. Who Cardi and those guys are involved in that. From scratch. And Who else? And I guess the One Love guys are involved in that. I'm just...
1: Yeah, it's a it's a huge thing, kind of more with like the younger kids and raising awareness and and stuff. But uh, yeah, we did a bunch of those shows around the country too in those big arenas, which was always crazy.
0: Yeah, and and so when you were touring and stuff. Um, I guess you had your own tour for a while. Like you guys were the headliners. But... Yeah, we
1: did. We did a bunch of different stuff. We did a bunch of headlining tours across Canada. We did a bunch of you know, opening tours like throughout the U.S. We did... any
0: any cool acts that you opened for that stand out or?
1: Yeah, man, we did some crazy stuff. We did. Uh, we opened for Ludacris.
0: Luda, Luda. really? That's that crazy. was pretty
1: wild. Uh, we did a bunch. Was of... that in the U.S.? That was in the U.S. Yeah, I think that was Cincinnati or something. Because uh, uh, Bootsy Collins was at the show. Where's he from? Oh, Somewhere out there. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of funk, <laughs> we were talking about fun, funk. That's yeah. funk. Uh, we did. We opened for The Roots. Oh, The Roots. We opened for De La Soul. De La
0: Soul. That's I don't awesome. know if
1: those hardcore hip-hop heads were really feeling us, though. What's that? I don't know if the hardcore hip-hop heads were really feeling us at the De La show. Yeah, fair was, enough, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I guess a bunch of white dudes. All Was it a bunch of white dudes? I'm just assuming.
1: Uh, it was a bit of a mixture.
0: Yeah, okay. a bit of a mixture. But still, um, pretty they white. probably... Pretty you, white. You were pre- pretty white compared <laughs> to, like, Luda and uh, Dela and all those guys. So you didn't get the warmest reception in some no, of the shows?
1: No, like, the the Root stuff went over well because it was more like... I just, particularly, there was a Dela show where I think kind of people were like, kind of like, oh, okay, like, what is this, you know? Yeah. A lot of people didn't really get it but um a lot of people did hence the juno noms and
0: yeah yeah but you know when people something new all the time people are just like what for a minute but then they you know generally like maybe just want to hate for a second but you you never know man you might have you might have some like uh cross fans that like rock a little down with webster followed by a little potholes in my lawn or something
1: yeah like it was it was crazy because like um the perception of the band like once and i think this goes for like artists all rappers singers bands whatever as soon as we were on much music the demographic completely changed um and the perception of the band completely changed because at that point it becomes like a bit of a younger more female demographic mm-hmm. which is dope because they're the ones who come out to the shows anyway yeah. so it was cool but yeah the perception kind of changed Um, in the beginning, it kind of had a bit more of a raw, raw feel to it, but, uh, but yeah, people are going to hate, let them hate.
0: Hate is going to hate, but that's, uh, yo, man, that's, it's still a cool story, man. And yo, you're, you're still doing your thing today. And like, like I said, I didn't really know much about that. Like you, you, we just kind of became friendly and stuff. And I just knew you as Diggy, the DJ kind of like, it's not,
1: yeah, to be honest, like it's kind of been, it's not something that I'm like. That I ever shy away from, but like as as I kind of parted from the band um, and kind of focused more on like my solo DJ stuff, I just kind of wanted to brand myself as myself and not always rely on oh that's Diggy from Down with Webster just because what I was doing was not necessarily what down with Webster was. And I just kind of wanted to stand on my own too and just kind of like brand it as, as what I do. So
0: that's dope. And, but you guys are, are you guys all cool and stuff? Yeah.
1: Super cool. We're always in touch. Uh, They come out to shows when, uh, when they can, Uh, a bunch of the guys are doing a project called honors music. So check that out. It's doing really well on Spotify and they're doing a bunch of touring and stuff uh, at honors music, I think is the Instagram handle um and Bucky who was uh one of the rappers he's doing kind of like his solo project um that I'm still waiting to hear but yeah.
0: Right, so are they all still involved in music or did they move on to any of them move on to other careers?
1: No no they're all still all still doing music man. It's,
0: it's not an easy
1: it's not an easy business um for sure you know you gotta grind it out and pay your dues and expect to be maybe broke at some point in your career and and that's it, man.
0: I think if you just do it and do it authentically and not worry about the money and try to look at, you know, just, you know, be authentic with your craft, and I think it just comes, I think know? that's
1: a part of it. I mean, like, I, I, like as Down With Webster was coming up, like, most of us, like, had, like, little jobs. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you got to pay for, for your lifestyle and your gear and whatever else. So, like, yeah, it wasn't until, I guess, 2009... I think was when we got signed to Motown actually
0: motown eh? yeah oh which shit. was which
1: was pretty exciting um,
0: that's that's who you guys ended before up? before they folded <laughs> that's who you ended up just signing yeah. with a because i i is this correct like a lot of people were showing interest. I heard Timberland at one point was interested in signing you guys,
1: yeah, so there was a bunch of crazy stuff going on um gene simmons oh yes i read that too uh, yeah he came up to toronto and he was gonna start a label with like belinda stronic so random
0: i heard he was following you around on tour dates and stuff. he was
1: just like he just like kind of started like talking about us like without our knowledge like on like the strombo show and like different things like that and then uh, we met him and he took us out for dinner and just didn't seem like the the right the right fit
0: yeah i i guess so was he a weird, weird dude or he was, i mean he's obviously a weird dude like he's, he, he, that's his stick anyways he's how he, he is, is yeah i mean he had that reality show for a while too yeah right? yeah, like, yeah yeah that's... Uh,
1: so yeah that never panned out yeah there was just like a lot of crazy stuff and then the whole timberland thing uh was was super cool he was like kind of there were some talks about doing some things but like he didn't really have his label up and running at the time either um we actually got to do a studio session with them though, which was oh, yeah? which was super cool down in in Miami, nice. at the Hit Factory, which was wild. Oh wow, um,
0: legendary!
1: Yeah, that was crazy. I just sat in the corner. And didn't yeah, see no, anything. still yeah. just to be a
0: fly <laughs> on that room. Just to be, or...
1: yeah, just to be in the room. Was, and what was that session was... like?
0: Is it everything you think? Like our our dudes smoking blunts and pop and Hennessy, even though they're not doing anything.
1: Uh, yeah, from what I remember, he like he really liked to work like super late like, start the sessions at, like, 3 a.m. and, like, kind of, like, work through the night like that. Yeah, a lot of
0: guys are like that, right? They just kind of just get going. Like, I mean, a lot of people are creative at night. Like, that's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that was, like, a cool experience. But, yeah, nothing came from that. Motown, just, like, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on, and it just kind of seemed like the right fit at the time. And you just kind of, in the music business, you just kind of take a shot. Like, you, well, you, like, you take in all the information and you kind of, try and navigate what's what's the best move
0: and and you just you just do it you know yeah that's dope man that's a cool little um chapter in your in your life though right yeah, like yeah. it's wild man like i never thought
1: i'd be sitting next to timbo like that's that's crazy
0: i thought you were gonna say you thought you well be never cool. be sitting next look to- at me now <laughs> yeah exactly From timbo to cool. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yo you're moving on up <laughs> Um, so yeah, back to the, back to the DJing. So then, you know, that kind of ran its course and
1: yeah, it just kind of, uh, it just kind of like naturally organically kind of like changed. And, you know, as we got older, things kind of started changing and, um, a lot of those guys are still doing music, but it's got like a different sound. So it didn't make sense to really continue with the down with Webster thing. Um, and I kind of started, you know, focusing more on family life. And uh, and DJing around the city and around the country.
0: So you just jump right back into that after, after things kind of yeah. Like I was
1: I was doing like you know in in off cycles or in times where we weren't touring, I would do a lot of DJing gigs. I would do a lot of DJing gigs for after parties for our shows. So it was always still a part of of it. But um, when when I kind of parted ways with the band. Um, I started kind of gigging like
0: a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, was, it was part of it out of fear just because it's like, you know, you don't have this, you know, the band money coming or the steady yeah, stability? Yeah, I was kind
1: of just it, like, like how you're saying, like I never really focused too hard on like the money. It was more like a lot of opportunities were coming up. I was trying to get out there. I was trying to play as much as I could because I like to play and it was just cool like I was meeting a lot of people and just networking and just trying to like build build my brand and and keep it moving
0: nice and you've always been known as diggy the dj did you have some like dumb name as like a 13 year old back in the day I was uh, <laughs> I
1: went by the technician
0: the technician
1: that was always kind of uh that was always kind of my thing nice and, uh, and the ferris brothers
0: the ferris brothers yeah nice.
1: me, me and my bro what's yeah. your bro's
0: name Greg, Greg, G Wiz,
1: G Wiz. He was going by G Wiz for a little bit. I don't know if that ever really stuck, but yeah, technician.
0: The technician, what, yeah, was what I went by. That's back um, in the day. that's a very like that's that's a solid young kid's name. Yeah, you know I was kind of I mean?
1: like I don't know. I was like yeah, I'm using tech tech 12s yeah. like technician kind of made sense there were a lot of little mm. like samples and stuff in different songs that i could
0: like oh yeah like, absolutely you know I mean? that's great for that yeah. i went by um dj rage for a while there wasn't a lot of in, your, I, in your angry adolescent exactly year. that's the thing like i was an angry little fucking kid and that's why i said it. i'm like i'm gonna get my rage at dj rage and the only <laughs> thing i could really like use as a cut was like lady of rage <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah so that was that's really all I had to work with, and also we're talking about a time before you had your hands on everything you could just chop and like throw yeah, a sample in yeah, yeah. serato and stuff like I just it had to be records, yeah I couldn't just search I couldn't search on the internet like where's the sample yeah, at yeah, or yeah. whatever, and go even buy everything. that record I just whatever I was listening I owned, so is uh you know from. Afro Puffs Afro puff, sorry Rage in effect and you know what it is <laughs> wow I like it. I like it I think I still have like a sticker like I made on MS Paint <laughs> I did it on MS Paint and it was literally just a DJ Rage and I put some like equalizer lines over it and stuff classic shout classic. Outs to MS Paint man I did wow. so much uh, stupid shit in that to be cool so much rap shit I love it so, yeah, so you're back to just grinding it on the... Uh, yeah, just the... grinding
1: it. Like, I was mostly staying close to home, um, doing, like, Toronto stuff, some, some stuff, like, around Ottawa, Hamilton, but staying, staying relatively local and just uh, building up the name and building up some certain nights.
0: And, nice, and, and this like is that. what what year are we talking about, like, more 2010s-ish? Or uh, more?
1: Probably even, like, a little later than that, probably, like... 2014, 2014, maybe. okay. So, yeah,
0: what year are we in now? 2017, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know, maybe like four years ago or something. Nice. And, and so, so, what were some of the venues?
1: Um, well, I was doing the Drake back then, uh, parts and labor, like a lot of the same kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and those
0: are all good spots. It's just, you know, people still roll through those spots. Like, some people may have a perception about certain you know, quote unquote hipstery places, but if you go on the right nights and if you just do your research and see what's going on, like these places have amazing parties, amazing DJs and over the years like you brought in so many dudes, like whether they're locally or whatever, you've had, you know, starting from scratch, DJ Dopey, Scratch Bastard, who else like you you've almost everyone everyone around the city you've um you've done your thing with.
1: Yeah, well, with the with the get good thing, I uh, that was kind of the main concept was I wanted to DJ with dope DJs that I know or that I wanna that I don't know well, but I just know of. And uh, yeah, it's been a great response. Uh, so, get good's been going for just over a year, and we've had scratch basted, headspin, trapment, um, sweet touch. Right. I was uh, at the
0: headspin show and oh my god that was that was a fun show i was hanging out and seeing seeing him do he's crazy thing. Yeah. he's crazy
1: uh yeah and then some of the homies like uh dj esp and chetty and ready you know yeah all the, all the such homies.
0: a tight-knit community i think everyone's and everyone's so cool i find you know there's i mean i'm sure there's drama here and there but like on the surface level from the outside um everyone's just kind of collaborates everyone you know hits you back on a text picks up the phone yeah
1: yeah it's kind of like there's just there's no room for for any bullshit you know what i mean like we're all out here there's enough venues there's enough work to go around like and we love music that's what we do so when it comes to collaborating and you know sharing ideas or getting inspiration like that's what it's all about really when it comes down to it
0: for sure man and uh so when did you when when did the transition happen for you from from lugging around crates to jumping on Serato? and how like sketchy was Serato at first could you rely on it That was yeah, like three I questions was, in one sorry <clears throat>
1: Yeah I was kind of that transition was was crazy cuz like I was kind of like hesitant I don't know if a lot of people were like it 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 was obvious that that was the direction that things were going just because it made so much more sense to not lug around all these all these crates and to have everything kind of at your fingertips. But yeah, I was kind of, I don't remember specifically what year, but I was like a later ad- adapter, I think. And I would, I would still like bring a crate and then like, kind of just in case. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and was it, Serato pretty stable at that point? Cause I've heard like other dudes talking about early days, like guys like a track talk about, he was one of the first beta testers and stuff.
1: Oh yeah. I'm sure that was a disaster, but uh, no, it w- it was pretty, pretty solid when I was using it. Um, but yeah it changed uh i feel like it even changed just like the way like i dj'd you know what i mean like it was like i was i was kind of more like scrolling through my laptop as opposed to like thinking on the fly of like what was the next record i was going to bring up i don't know it was weird like i used to kind of think like you know i would always have in my head like four or five songs kind of like ahead of where i was at just because that was kind of the nature of, like, digging through the crates. Like, I, I had my crates pretty set up. I knew mm-hmm. where stuff was, but I don't know. It was just kind of, like, a different
0: headspace. Like to, to this day, I find that that a bit weird, you know? Like, if I'm just, like, messing around at the crib and stuff and, you know, just spinning tunes, like, whereas before you'd have something thought, a little bit more thought through. You think about it, like, how the vibe's going to fit and stuff, and now you're pretty much like, okay, is this the next BP ever close? Well, you just mess, it, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, it kind of yeah. takes, it, it makes... It does make you a bit lazy and takes a bit of the creativity, but it also opens up the world. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's no doubt that it's it's changed the game. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm not hating on Serato ever. Like, I love Serato. But yeah, like those things that you're saying, you know what I mean? Um, You know, a lot of people, I try not to, but I find I'm guilty of it too. Like, you're looking at your laptop too much yeah no i know like i want to i want to look at the crowd and see what's going mm-hmm. on like see how people are reacting to certain records and stuff but like if you're staring at your your waveforms and yeah. like, you know it's just it's not a good thing whenever
0: but- like buddies and stuff just you know they want to just play around on the tables and stuff and they kind of get the you know the workflow of it like you know which buttons are where how to scroll through the library and stuff and then i find they're just looking at at the laptop the whole time and i'm like okay now you've kind of figured out that stuff don't look at the waveforms don't look for you know the the hat or the the this or that just kind of count out the bars
1: use your ears that's what they're there for yeah like i i mean older older dudes like us like we learned how to beat match like without looking at a waveform and knowing what the bpm was like you just had to kind of use your ear and gauge what was going on and i i think that was beneficial i think uh
0: and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop that train of thought there because I know that I get to be a hater and I don't want this to be any sort of negative no stuff. No hating, I'm, Serato. Serato we love you. Yeah, like I, I don't want to sit here and be like, yo, this, that, rah, rah, be like that old cranky man because I already am that old cranky man. You know, <laughs> when I talk to some of the younger cats, I try to keep an open mind. So yeah, we're going to dead that right now. But yo, know, Serato is dope. And I'm Serato, not even hating it. Like I, I strictly run on Serato. I got my vinyls and stuff but I'm all Serato. But I think the the important thing to remember is when you have all this stuff at your fingertips now, so you're, you're getting over a lot of like humps and technical stuff, is now you need to step up the creativity and all that stuff.
1: Yes, yes, 100%. Like, you know, it changed things definitely for the better. And uh, like, it's kind of limitless with what you can do out there. You know what I mean? Making your own edits, like... I like mm-hmm. to chop up a lot of my own edits, and then, boom, you have your own mm-hmm. record there right at your fingertips, you know?
0: Yeah, I know. That's that's cool. I love, like, certain DJs, you know, in and around. Just once in a while, I release these edits and stuff, a little edit pack. So for those of you who don't know or just need to DJing and stuff and edit, it's essentially, you know, a, a banger track, a track you like, but just kind of edit it. Like, you know, how do you describe it?
1: Yeah, like, uh, th- there's there's a million different ways you can do it. You know, you can just, like, you can, there's, like, re-drums. You can just beef up the drums. You can do kind of, you know, short edits, a- acapella outs.
0: Yeah, you're the acapella out king. Acapella uh, outs, baby. I love my acapella outs. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, the biggest purpose at first to, at Surface level, for me for edits are those tracks where th- there's, like, two beats of a beat and then it jumps right into verse. Yeah, so like, I just you, want a little yeah, bit, want, like, little give me, bit.
1: Give of, me, give me four bars. Yeah, exactly. four bars off the top so I can mix this yeah. in. Yeah. I
0: mean, even like y- y- you can't, some of these tracks, you can't even like just loop it on your mixer or whatever. Like you need to add a, or you need to be a ridiculous cutter or scratcher to really yeah, drop, it drop it in it. on, you know, and I don't, I'm a little shaky like that. I'm like, go, oh, give me a little bit of, give me a little bit of leeway They like match it. And especially when you're working with vinyl, um, or you know vinyl i mean serato vinyl and you know just the even if the bpm's are there it's a turntable you still gotta nudge stuff it's not like fully precise yeah for sure you
1: have to use your ears yeah cool use your ears use my ears that's what djs are supposed to No, i but i I just want
0: to raise my hands in the air and like you know pray look look cool look cool fist bump so, so what th- these edits you you haven't done one for a while. I think you're no, due for I'm an edit set. Yeah,
1: I got some, I got some stuff.
0: Yeah. So, what's the process? Like, what do you do? Like, you'll, you'll grab a, a track. Like, how does it typically work? I know well, there's different types of edits, but yeah.
1: Like, uh, most, of, most of the time, like, it'll just be like, you know, I'll just be like having a session at home, just kind of mixing records, getting ready for a particular party or whatever. And then I'll just, you know, as I'm blending different tracks together, I'm like, oh, like I need that to be like a four bar intro or I need, oh, like that's a cool wordplay idea. Maybe I should do an acapella out for that and just put it on the end. You know what I mean? And then just like you have, you have your edits and your blends and then you can just mix on top of that. And it's just kind of like limitless, you know, yeah, and so fun,
0: lots of yeah, fun. Totally. And and you do that, like you do that in Ableton or some sort of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I chop, uh, I chop up all my stuff in Ableton nice
0: yeah. and is it difficult to do if someone wants to like you know some dummy like me wants to like add a couple bars is it easy enough super
1: super easy i yeah. mean to for for basic stuff it is super easy yeah like i Ampleton, mean you can get into can get, all, you, you the, get it's limitless yeah. yeah but uh yeah for just chopping up edits it's it's fairly simple i'll teach you one day nice i'd like
0: that yeah. and i want some more edits for all, sure all right so now this is the hard. This is like very basic question, but it's always hard to answer. Who's who's the inspiration? Is your favorite DJ?
1: My favorite DJ? Yeah. Besides you? No, besides you. <laughs> um, right. I couldn't narrow it down to one person, but there's there's a lot of guys out there that I find inspiring. DJ Craze Yeah. It's is pretty crazy. wild. A track would be up there.
0: So and then when you're young, like those guys weren't really probably around as much. Craze was, I mean, '98 is when he won. I think the D- DMC. I don't have my laptop open doing research right now. In the future, I'll have all these facts checked. <laughs> yeah, like
1: like coming up. Yeah, I like kind of like looked up to like a lot of the Toronto guys. Like I was saying, like because I'd go to like the DMC competitions and be like,
0: oh, they're killing it. Like yeah. so you um, had a lot to choose from here. I mean, you had guys like Dopey, Grouch, Little Jazz, yeah. Yeah, there's tons of dudes yeah. in, like that were heavy in DMC.
1: Yeah, big time. And I always kind of like looked up to like back
0: then. Like DJ Premier was like my hero. Yeah, Primo, man. That was... Primo. We, we when are saw... we getting
1: him in for an episode?
0: Oh, he, he'll be there. Soon. He'll be Soon. here eventually. Okay. Hopefully. Okay. We'll see. It's it's up to you guys. We just yeah, if you guys like what we're doing, just uh, support us, share us, like give us a rating on iTunes subscribe whatever you can do because we're just like a grassroots thing we're not like big budget over here we're just doing this for you so if people are out there and they're coming to the city and they know we got a pop podcast come through exactly come through we'll anywhere yeah exactly we're we're just um casually drinking a beer right now